Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 724, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Let's read our passage. Don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel to convince Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah and they should place their faith in him and experience forgiveness of sin, adoption by God. He's begun the teaching ministry of Jesus. He started with healing, preaching, and teaching. The people were gathering because of the healing, but then he launched into the teaching ministry and he starts with the Sermon on the Mount. And he began the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes about what the blessings of knowing God and following God look like. Then he had this section about the distinctiveness of Christians. They're to look different than the world and be an impact on the world. Now he launches into a section about fulfilling the law. There's a big question here, particularly since Matthew is addressing a Jewish group of people. What about the law of Moses that the Jews have been taught to follow? That that's what pleases God, following the Mosaic law. And by the time Matthew writes this, we don't have a good date on Matthew. The dates that people throw out as far as when Matthew wrote the gospel are all over the place. Some say it was written as early as 40 A.D. Some say, well, it wasn't really written by Matthew himself. It was written by people who collected sayings from Matthew and put it together maybe as late as the year 140. It's hard to say, but it was probably the 60s, maybe, about the time the the last of Paul's letters were being written is about the time that Matthew wrote this gospel. And it's really hard to say with any degree of confidence, but the point being that it's already a well-known fact that the Christians are not following the requirements of the Old Testament law, not following the Jewish requirements as far, particularly as far as food observance, religious holidays, and sacrifices. So what do we do with the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law? And so Matthew's putting that up front here, and Jesus is addressing that here in this early part of the Sermon on the Mount. So this second part of chapter 5, verses 17 to 20, what we're looking at today, these are some general principles about fulfillment of the law. Then verses 21 to 47 are six examples of dealing with the law. And then verse 48 is a summary to the idea of fulfilling the law. Let's dive into it. Verse 17 Jesus says, don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. 
So this is answering the question, is Jesus setting aside the Mosaic law? And he says, I, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets. He doesn't just say law here. He says law or the prophets. That means basically the Old Testament. So they divided it into the law, the prophets, and the writings. But when you say the law and the prophets, that's general, it's a euphemism for all of the Old Testament. But the key word here is fulfill. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now, as he doesn't say follow, he doesn't say obey. He says fulfill. And it's not just fulfill the law, it's fulfill the law and the prophets. That is fulfill the Old Testament. So one author reworded verse 17 here. So basically what he's saying is far from wanting to set aside the law and the prophets, it's my role to bring into being that to which they've pointed forward to carry them into a new area of fulfillment. So he's not setting aside the Old Testament. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament and carrying it into this new era. And uh, later on in chapter 11, verse 13, he says, For all the prophets and law prophesied until John. And so that's the time in which Jesus began his ministry. Is Now this is this time of fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Now, he's saying is that the Old Testament is still the authoritative word of God, but its role has changed. That which it all pointed to has now come, has now arrived. And so the teaching of Jesus is what instructs us on how to understand and apply the Old Testament. So he didn't just set it aside and say, it doesn't mean anything anymore. He says, but I'm the fulfillment of that, everything it pointed to. And to understand now what to do with the Old Testament, you have to follow my instructions on that. Verse 18, for truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. First, it begins with, for truly I tell you. Matthew records this 30 times in his gospel. This truly I tell you. And this is a saying of Jesus. It's very similar in Mark and Luke. John generally has it, amen, amen, I say to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Is what the way the King James does that. But it's basically it's the same thing. I mean, the Greek is amen, lego, hymen. Amen is... Uh, basically saying this is authoritative. Truly, I tell you. He's basically saying this is something important, and he's saying it with authority. Now, he says, until heaven and earth pass away. Essentially saying this is permanent. Does heaven and earth don't pass away? And you say, well, what about Revelation? He's not talking about that. He's just using standard language here. This is like, you know, until hell freezes over. It's basically saying never. Speaking of permanence, the permanence of the Word of God. So he's basically saying is that the Word of God is permanent. Not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. But that sounds like things will pass away. Well, what he's basically saying here is when 
everything that it points to has become finalized, then it's no longer instructive, and that would be probably the end of time. But what is really point here is, is that the Word of God is permanent. It's not setting aside the Old Testament and saying, disregard the Old Testament. It is still the authoritative Word of God. It continues, verse 19. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Now, different translations translate this word, it gets translated as breaks here in different ways. Some say break, some say set aside, some say loosen, some even say untie. It's the same root word as the word that gets translated as abolish in verse 17. I don't think he's talking about actually following that law, but basically declaring it invalid or setting it aside because it's basically it's lessens it the authority and teaches others to do the same. So if you do that with the least of these, you become the least in the kingdom of heaven. It's essentially talking about undermining the authority of the word of God, undermining the authority of the Old Testament. It is still authoritative. It is still the word of God. And it continues, but whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, it sounds like there he's talking about you've got to obey all the commands. Well, does appropriately, in accordance with how Jesus is teaching what appropriate following of these laws are based on the fulfillment. Remember, Matthew's writing as well after it's, it's well known that the dietary laws are no longer to be followed. The sacrificial laws are no longer to be followed. The, a lot of the ceremonial laws are, are no longer required. And so this follows, again, the Old Testament is still valid, is still authoritative, but how we follow the Old Testament is in accordance with Jesus' teaching. In verse 20, for I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. But he begins with, for I tell you. Now, he doesn't have the amen there. It's essentially the same thing as in verse 18. This is authoritative. Now, the words here, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, the scribes are the theological experts. The Pharisees were a group within Judaism, kind of a Reformation movement, who were incredibly legalistic. And it was all about following the letter of the law. And in fact, even piling a lot of extra requirements so that you couldn't accidentally violate the Mosaic law. So to follow the laws, the commands, the rules, better than the scribes and Pharisees, that can't be done. So what he's saying here is righteousness is not just about following the rules, because you can't follow the rules better than the scribes and Pharisees. They're rule followers. So your righteousness must surpass them. So righteousness is, is, is not just obedience to the law. It's something else. He doesn't explain what it is yet. That is what is leading into now some examples now of following the Mosaic law versus righteousness before God. So he's going to now paint some pictures of what righteousness looks like. An author 
R.T. France, uh, I, I like he basically wrote a, a paraphrase of this passage. Simplify the language, and I, I think that could be useful here. He says, Do not suppose that I came to undermine the authority of the Old Testament scriptures, and in particular the law of Moses. I did not come to set them aside, but to bring into reality that to which pointed forward. I tell you truly, the law down to its smallest details is as permanent as heaven and earth and will never lose its significance. On the contrary, all that it points forward to will in fact become a reality and is now doing so in my ministry. So anyone who treats even the most insignificant of the commandments of the law as of no value and teaches other people to belittle them is an unworthy representative of the new regime. And while anyone who takes them seriously in word and deed will be a true member of God's kingdom. But do not imagine that simply keeping all these rules will bring salvation. For I tell you truly, it is only those whose righteousness of life goes far beyond the old policy of literal rule-keeping, which the scribes and Pharisees represent, who will prove to be God's true people in this era of fulfillment. So it's a paraphrase, it's not exact, but it gives a good sense of how best to understand this. Jesus is saying, we're not throwing out the Old Testament. The Old Testament is still the authoritative word of God. But righteousness is not based on following a bunch of rules. And the way to understand the Old Testament now is to understand what I am teaching. Because the Old Testament was pointing to me. I'm here now. So now the role of the Old Testament, how to actually follow the Old Testament, depend on what I am teaching you here and now. And so he's just laying out some general principles for fulfillment of the law. Now he's going to give a, a lot deeper explanation of what that looks like. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.